0: This is the last Sunday of Lent. Next Friday we're going to celebrate the, the last day of Lent. And this miracle shows us the story of salvation. It gives us sort of the picture of sin. All signs, all miracles were, were were signs. When our Lord Jesus Christ was doing a miracle, we talked about last week that the miracle has a purpose. Has a purpose more than just the healing of somebody or more than just um, the actual miracle, but also has to do with the salvation of the person, has to do with uh, proving to people who Christ was. And I think that's like especially true here. The, the, the reason, or one of the reasons that our Lord Jesus Christ is performing this miracle is to point out something about Himself and to point out something about salvation. And you can see that even from the beginning, because when the disciples asked, why is this man blind?, our Lord Jesus Christ answered he said so that the glory of God could be displayed in him and then actually at the end of the at the end of the passage that we read today it says that and Jesus said for judgment I came into the world that those who do not who do not see may see and those who may who see may be blind and then he talked to the Pharisees about blindness and about seeing and so hes trying to make a connection in this miracle between Blindness, the physical blindness that the man was healed from, and the spiritual blindness that our Lord Jesus Christ is really seeking after and speaking about. So the healing is sort of an illustration of salvation. And it shows us kind of the picture of sin. If you think about it for just a couple of minutes, think about the man. What characterized this man's life? First of all, he is blind. So he has no ability to see. And that is the description of our condition before coming to Christ, before our baptism. St. Paul in 2nd Corinthians he says, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So the reason St. Paul is saying some people don't believe is because they're blind. And like I said, this is our condition prior to baptism. One of the reasons, actually one of the, uh, the traditions of the church is People use this uh, Sunday to baptize, or to be baptized, or have their children baptized, uh, because it is a, a symbol of baptism and a symbol of uh, illumination that this man was blind and now uh, can see. This was our condition; this blindness was our condition prior to our baptism. Those of you who maybe have been baptized or were baptized as adults, there was a point in your lives when Christianity did not make sense. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not attractive to you. It didn't seem personal or right for you. Why? Because you were spiritually blind. And that is the condition before our baptism. So this man was blind, and he was blind from birth. So this is like a a congenital blindness. In the same way, you and I are born with a spiritual problem. We are born with spiritual blindness. We are born in sin. We are born in darkness. That is our sort of our native condition. Not only that, not only that this man was born blind, but this man was a beggar. Which means he didn't have money for doctors. He didn't have anything he could offer Christ in order for Christ to heal him. In the same way we are, we have nothing to offer to God. We're unable to help ourselves. We can't purchase, we can't do anything to receive our salvation. Our salvation is given as a free gift from God, has to be given to us. But we'll see also, in addition to that, there is a role for the blind person, the role for us to play in our story of salvation. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about as far as what our Lord Jesus Christ does and why He does them. If you look at verses 6 and 7, He says, Having said these things, He spit on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And then He went and told them to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Why did our Lord Jesus Christ do that this way? He healed many different people all the time. And he could have done it just with just a word. He could have spoken it and it would have been done. Or there's another person in the Gospel of St. Mark, when he was blind, he healed him and he sort of healed him partially so that he could see, he said he saw men like trees walking. And then after a second touch, he received his sight. Why didn't our Lord Jesus Christ do that with this man? there are several lessons to learn from what Christ did. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is deliberate in everything that He's doing. First of all, the act that our Lord Jesus Christ is doing to spit on the ground and make clay and get put it on this person's eyes is an offensive thing or, or a hard thing to, to swallow, even for the blind person. He spits on the ground, He makes mud, he, and He smears it all over this person's eyes. Most people would be sort of like shrink away from that. But it sort of teaches us that Christ, being God, anything from Christ cannot contaminate. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in giving Himself, cleanses us. But to the the natural mind or the logical mind, offensive. Just like the way of the cross, the way of salvation is an offensive thing to those who are perishing. That's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians. So it humbles the man to expect, to, to accept mud and spit from our Lord Jesus Christ and it glorifies God. It's humbling for the man to receive it, but it shows the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if Christ took some I don't know, maybe he took some oil and he and he put the oil on the on the blind person and he received his sight. What would it everybody around him say? They'd say, give me some of that oil. The oil is what's healing the people. I want some of that oil. But the way our Lord Jesus Christ did this miracle the only person who could receive glory and the only source of the power was from Christ Himself. Not only was it offensive, but it was personal. We've been talking the last three or four weeks about how the Gospels have been focusing on Christ's love for the individual. This is an intimate act. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He spits, He makes mud, He smears it on the person's eyes. A very personal, very intimate act. Salvation for us is both personal and communal. It's personal in that it involves us personally realizing our need for Him, us personally acknowledging our sins, and accepting Christ in our life, asking for His forgiveness, repenting and turning away from our old ways. But of course this happens also in the context of the community, of the body of Christ. But it doesn't eliminate the fact that there's a very personal element to our walk with Christ. In this miracle also, our Lord Jesus Christ shows an act of new creation. Many of the church fathers, when they read this passage and they try to explain this passage, they connect it to Genesis chapter 2. When he says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. Here, our Lord Jesus Christ is spitting onto the dirt and the dust of the ground to create eyes. It's an act of new creation. That's why in the gospel it says, no one has ever seen that a person would make a man who was born blind to see. It was an act of creation. It wasn't like he just fixed the man's eyes. He created for him functioning eyes to display the fact that he is God. So what about the man himself? What does our Lord Jesus Christ require from the person? What is this man's experience? There's a bunch of things to learn from the man himself. First, we see sort of belief or faith that moves him to humility and to action. In verse 7, when he tells him to go and wash in the pool, he said to him, go and wash in the pool. So it says, so he went and washed and came back seeing. This is actually very literally blind obedience. Right, he's blind, he has no idea what's going on. This person tells him to go wash in the pool and he goes and washes can only imagine what would have been going on in this person's mind, or put yourself in that person's place. He's been blind his entire life. He's never seen anything. He probably tried many things in order to get his sight, or maybe his parents tried many things in order for him to see. Nobody's been able to help him. And then here's this person, Christ, doing what this seemingly from the outside is a ridiculous thing, putting mud over his eyes, and says, now go wash in this particular pool. You know, he must be thinking to himself, is this really going to work? But he obeys, and he goes, and he does it, trusting the word of our Lord Jesus Christ that it's going to work. And he did exactly what Christ said. He could have gone and washed somewhere else. He could have gone to maybe a pool that was closer. He doesn't go wash just at the nearest pool. He does exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ says. So there's obedience here, there's submission. And the same thing for us. If we are going to be illuminated, able to see, have spiritual eyesight, then we have to obey Christ. It's not enough for us to believe that He can heal us, but then we have to obey His instruction. The second thing we see from this man is his confession, his confession of faith. Actually his costly confession of faith. When you read through the passage that we just read, you'll see there are a number of times where they're interrogating this man. The Pharisees bring him and they try to figure out what happened, what's going on here, How is this person born blind, and now that he sees, and who did it, and was he always blind? The first thing they think is it's not the same guy, it's somebody else. And then they bring even the parents in to confirm. And when they finally bring the man the second time in verses 24 through 34, you can see that they are ridiculing him. And they are scorning him and rebuking him and they excommunicate him. They cast him out. He gets kicked out of the synagogue. It's like if I come to you and you say, you cannot come to church anymore. You're not welcome here. Basically what they did to this man. And why is he getting kicked out of his community? Why is he getting kicked out of his synagogue? Because of his confession of faith in Christ. When our Lord Jesus Christ works in our lives it's always going to cost us something to follow Him. Maybe you're not going to be kicked out of your church, but you might lose a relationship with a friend or a family member that is not to your benefit. You might lose part of your community. You might lose opportunity within the world for material gain. You might lose esteem from someone or another. Obedience to Christ is costly. Confessing Christ will be costly and it was for this person. But this cost actually is greatly compensated with heavenly reward. How many of us, when our faith causes us to cost anything small, we run away. If it's gonna be slightly inconvenient, if someone might look at me funny, if someone might say something about me, all of a sudden I I, I go away. I'm not going to confess my faith. I'm not going to maintain my obedience to Christ. But this man didn't care. He was kicked out of everything he knew. Can you imagine this man is blind? What is his only, if there's any source of support, where is his only source of support? The synagogue, his worship community. And he's about to get kicked out of his worship community. There's another thing to look at here. The blind person has a growing perception of who Christ is. It's very interesting if you read through the passage. The guy makes four statements about who Christ is. In verse 11 he says, The man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So he calls him this man called Jesus. And when they ask him, who is this man? Tell us more about this person. He said, he is a prophet. So now he believes, or he's stating, that this is somebody coming from God. And then in verse 33, he defends our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. When they say this man is a sinner. He's like, well, it doesn't make sense. If he's a sinner, how could he open my eyes? But then finally, when he meets Christ himself at the end of the chapter, Christ says to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And actually you can really love and admire the faith of this man who was born blind. He says, tell me who this person is so I can believe in him. Whoever it is, whoever you say, I'll believe in Him. Very simple, very strong faith. And our Lord Jesus Christ says, the person you're speaking to is He. And then look at the confession that He makes in verse 38. He says, Lord, I believe, and He worshipped Him. See, so there's a growing perception of who Christ is. It's growing more and more clear. So then the question for us, is Christ more precious to me now than when I first believed? Do I see more of His beauty in my life, more of His glory acting in my life? Do I love Him more now than when I first began my walk as a Christian? This should be normal Christian growth. That's what healthy spiritual progress should look like. A growing perception of who Christ is, understanding more of who He is, loving Him more, worshiping Him more. If that's not happening, I need to go back to my fundamentals. Remember who Christ is, what He's done for us, what He's done for me personally. Ask for the work of the Holy Spirit inside of me to restore my spiritual sight in my life. The more I see Christ, the more clearly I perceive Him, the more I'm going to grow in my spiritual insight. And then the more I grow in my spiritual insight, the larger He becomes to me, the larger He is in my life, the more important He is in my life the more it will affect all the practical things in your way, in your walk, in your life. All the things that you know you need to change. You'll be able, for example, to suffer better. You'll be able to endure better. You'll be able to escape temptation more. You'll be able to obey better. All of this flowing from a larger vision or understanding of who Christ is to me. What He's done for me. What I owe Him. And when I see him more clearly, I have a growing perception of him and I'm able to worship him truly like this man who was born blind. May God open our spiritual eyes so that we may worship him and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.